Hello everyone, and today we are continuing our conversation on the magical wizarding world of Harry Potter. Wingardium Leviosa! Wingardium Leviosa! I'm Cheryl. I'm Molly. And I'm Ashby. Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. This week, we're going into diagonally. I'm sorry, where are we going? (laughs) (laughs) Diagon Alley. Yeah, don't say that wrong. A diagonal what? Don't say that wrong because you'll wind up in, I don't know, Cedar Point or something. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Never been there. I can't talk on it. But today we're going to talk about Universal's second Harry Potter world. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't I'm, know where I'm going from. I, that was really great. You should take a little break. <laughs> I'm still looking at my map. I'm trying to determine where diagonal Ailey. Diagonally. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I don't know what I'm saying. What is? I don't point? know where you would end up in that flu. You'd <laughs> I would wind up in a math teacher's broom closet. Oh, Why a math teacher, do you think? Geometry. Diagonal. Oh, that's That's smart. a ge- geometry joke for our math fans out there. Oh, math. math fans, raise your hands. Thank you for getting that, Ashby. You. Raise your protractors, everyone. All right, so last week we spoke about kind of the long, drawn-out history of how Hogsmeade came to live in Universal Studios Orlando. There's a lot of back and forth. Disney was involved. There was a lack of funding, years and years of planning and changes to plans. And the origin story of Diagon Alley could not be more opposite to that. Basically, less than three months after Hogsmeade opened, they got the green light to start planning out, um, the expansion to Harry Potter and the first thing on the list even even this early in the planning development was to um, for it to be Diagon Alley which is um, the f- uh, what is Diagon Alley? Diagon Alley is the magical little pocket of London where wizards have it's kind of like a um, place where wizards go and buy all their it's like a it's like a shopping mall for wizards in the middle of london basically right is that the best way to describe what it is Mm -hmm, in the books mm -hmm. diagon alley is featured in it's one of the locations other than hogwarts that's featured the most in throughout the warner brothers harry potter movies so it's like a very visually recognizable place for fans of the movies and obviously in the books as mentioned all the times like a lot of stuff goes down in in diagon alley So Hogsmeade opened in June of 2010, and then again, three months later, they had got the green light to go ahead and start planning the expansion. And they decided early on it was going to be Diagon Alley. But the big question mark for Universal was where was this expansion going to take place? Were they going to buy out the land behind Hogsmeade and keep going? Um, Were they going to, to, you know, eat up part of Seuss Landing and expand that way? And what they ultimately decided was to totally bank on the success of Harry Potter and make it a two-park experience. And they decided they were going to build the expansion over in Universal Studios. 
which if you're if you walk through the front entrances of both these parks, it appears that the lands are very far away, right? They're they're deep back in the back corners of both of these parks. Um, but if you were to look at like a Google map or look from up from like a helicopter ride above Universal Studios, they actually back up to each other. So it made a lot of sense. It's an optical illusion. Yeah, it's called theme park magic. Get used to it. It's magic. We're going to be talking about that a lot. Fitting for this. Mm-hmm. Any questions so far about this process here? No, I just wanted to say, I remember, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I remember when they were building the land, the second land, and because I remember I was there for Halloween Horror Nights one year, and you could see the train on the track. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And that was so weird to me, but it was such yeah. a cool little moment of like, you saw it and then you, of course my brain goes to like, oh, I wonder what the track goes to and what's on the other side and well, how does the train turn around? But it was kind of a cool moment because you got a little glimpse of it and it was neat because it was, um, you know, the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. It was just a little weird though, because it was up on this like elevated track. So that really threw me off. And I was like, wait, what are you going to be seeing when you're on this train on this elevated track above basically backstage areas of Universal Studios? So where were you in Universal when you saw that? Like right where like Rip Ride Rocket is or the Muppet? Yeah, I feel like it was in one of those queues. Yeah, um, it's the the back downstage houses like as you get farther down oh. by like the mummy. Well, yeah, and, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. because you were in line for Horror Nights, you were already, like, backstage. So it was, like, a behind-the-scenes moment. Yeah, it, it was That's just kind of really yeah, cool. hanging out in line, and you look up, and you're like, oh, there's there's the train over there. I always think that's funny, too, because, like, at Epcot, you know, when the monorail whizzes by, like, there's people working, picking their noses, going to the bathroom, you know, but you can, like, <laughs> see out going the, to the window. <laughs> like, walking into bathrooms. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I hear like, that. Journeys over, like, big bathrooms. Yeah, good But point. the funny thing is, I wonder, like, what the workers must think, because it's a backstage area for Universal, but, like, nobody can see them, so all of a sudden they just see this big train magical train was above their heads every couple like, of minutes do you think there's mooning going on like to the train or outside of the train no or, like to the train oh like, i probably maybe would. like a team member is having like a particularly rough day and they just moon them there's at least one person that has given a middle finger to that train as it went by knowing that nobody would oh, see yeah. it He's like, you know what, guests, not today. This is my anger and aggression in the finger form. (laughs) In finger form, yeah. Um, I mean, I would do that. I'm not going to lie. I probably would would too. If someone yelled at me, I would be like, you know what? That's full of guests. This is the finger you get. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And it was a thumbs, big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> because mankind is still great, and I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love working here. <laughs> and it's a great job. Yeah. I mean, God, it, it is. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would love to work at Harry Potter. It'd be so fun. Um, yeah. The sad part about all this, and we could dig into this a little bit, but the, the sad part about the expansion was that because Universal is built where it is built, it's surrounded by residential areas and commercial areas and a big old highway, um, there's not a ton of places to go in that original kind of campus that they're at. So something had to close, and that something that closed was Jaws 
And I think the wound is still quite open for a lot of people out there who are fans of the Jaws. uh, Definitely. I mean, Jaws was a classic. And I, I mean... I guess in the same way that I feel about E.T., right? So they closed it in almost all of the other parks, but it's still at Universal. It's so classic, and even if it's not important, I'm just glad that it's somewhere in the world. I wasn't so upset that Jaws closed because they have it on the backstage lot over at the other Universal. In Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the original experience. I mean, we've said this a lot, but the opening day... Um, attractions at Universal Orlando were just bigger versions of what you experienced on the tram tour in Hollywood. So yeah, a lot of that stuff still still exists. I, I feel I feel similarly, and also um, other than just some like fun personal experiences on the ride, the Jaws ride through the years, it it was not looking great towards the end there. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen the effects work ever on that ride i yeah. saw i saw very I, few sharks during my experiences I, on that ride i feel like every time i rode it with a, like it would be with a group of friends somebody there was always a moment in the ride that somebody was like oh man there used to be this really cool thing that would happen here mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and every time i rode it was something different <laughs> and sometimes it would be the skipper who was saying those sort of things <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um but i think speaking of the skipper i think that's maybe why people look back so fondly on this ride is that mm-hmm. similar to the jungle cruise or kilimanjaro safaris or other rides or even like a tram tour your the land boat ride long the... <laughs> long live long long ago <laughs> right oh i Rest did not know where you were talking about at first i thought you were just putting words together that aren't that don't belong together. <laughs> the Water land boat ride. ride. <laughs> it used to be a spilling attraction. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and and the old studios or um, MGM Studios. I'm using air quotes here. Um, Backlot yeah. tour. Like all these things that lost their spielers. Yeah. Oh, and I mean the Great Movie Ride. Yeah. Great Movie Ride. Yeah. Similar. I mean, gosh, Great Movie Ride and Jaws could maybe be lumped together in a similar experience of like wow what an amazing attraction when it was so amazing right and then little by little through the years things get kind of chipped away and it's not the same as it used to be not as wonderful as it used to be and it gets replaced and it just like really really breaks the hearts of lots of theme park fans and if i may generalize i'm lumping myself into this category theme park fans are very sentimental oh, they very just are so it's hard. It's actually hard to please um, a theme park fan. Sometimes they they long for um, what used to be. I think being a theme park fan in general means that you are um, nostalgic for your childhood or your memories and things like that in general. So of course you you think about these older attractions with like rose tinted lenses, right? But yes, Jaws Jaws is a, a sore subject for a lot of people out there. I, I'd be curious actually to hear from some some listeners of their if they have any memories or opinions uh, memories about jaws or opinions on its closing be curious to hear hear about that yeah or and maybe if, if you, you were a skipper i don't know for genuinely example. feel like maybe it, you wish that jaws was still there instead of diagonally 
Diet gone. By the <laughs> by the end of the episode, you will know how to say this. Guys, I'm just trying different iterations to see where it takes me. But like because like, for me, anytime they take an attraction away, like I'll get real sad, but then it's like, okay, but what's coming in its place? And for me, total upgrade for Jaws to die to that alley place. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well let's actually maybe start right there then. So where the Jaws Lagoon used to be is now a facade of London, which is amazing. And it is actually stunningly beautiful. It looks so good across the water if you're like approaching it from that angle. It looks a lot like some some sites in London. They did an amazing job at it, basically. You don't you don't see diagonally, you see London first, which is what it's you're meant to do. You're it's supposed to be a hidden area that you're meant to find. So you, you see London, and, and parked outside is the night bus, which is the big triple-decker um, purple bus that Harry takes, I believe, in the third film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually a cast member out there who is interacting with the guests as well. Have either of you interacted with him yeah. in the shrunken head? No, he, I haven't. He's very much like the train conductor, where the, he's still out there and he talks and they they take pictures and the shrunken head will speak to you too the nice thing about it is if you are not about harry potter what i think they did really great in islands of or universal studios versus islands of adventure is you can completely bypass it and not even skip a beat but it keeps it so hidden wonderfully back into its own little corner that it really does preserve the magic what else is going on on the facade there is a grimald place uh the headquarters little building where you can see creature the house elf lurking in one of the windows every so often he like pulls pulls back the curtain which i think is a very a very nice effect it it serves no purpose but that's why it's amazing it's just those sort of details the Mm -hmm. nice thing about that too is because if in the movie they have to stretch that complex in order to get that block of houses there because normally they're hidden so even that's like darker and for those who don't harry potter creature is a male house elf who served the house of black Mm -hmm. and he he just is staring at you through a window and he's kind of nasty like he's not he's not a villain but he's not super friendly so he's just you know he likes things his way He's he's like a a curmudgeon, like an old uh, old person who doesn't want any change. (laughs) He would have been a Jaws fan. (laughs) He misses Jaws. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, Harry Potter? I miss Jaws. Amity. He has an Amity um, tattoo. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my God. (laughs) He absolutely does. The other thing you can see in... The, like, London area is the train station, King's Cross Station, which is great and kind of looks like the actual train station, which I think they did a wonderful job at. So last week we talked about Hogsmeade, and now we're going to make the journey on the Hogsmeade. Nope, that's not the right train. (laughs) That's a different train. Don't get on that that train. (laughs) That one goes somewhere completely different. Don't get on that one. We're going to get on the Hogwarts Express. (laughs) return trip back to London mm-hmm. uh, to King's Cross. So I guess let's talk about the train ride. Yeah. And first of all, can I just say absolutely genius on Universal's part 
to create a attraction that was like fully themed and very cool and a must see that you needed a dual park ticket to enjoy. <laughs> that was just so smart. And it's a great experience. So just I was tip I, of my I remember hat. I was super nervous when I heard about this concept of in the basically in the back of two parks you're going to have another gate to get into the other park, right? And then but but it's not going to be there's only one way to get there. And then once I once I started to learn more about it and there was only one train I was like, wait, what? How's yeah. this going to work? And then, so all these questions started going through my head of like, logistically, how are you going to move that many people that are probably going to want to cross and also the people who want to ride this attraction? To me, it was just like, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend how this was going to work and yeah, what the lines were going to look like to do that. Like pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Um it is really cool. So, like, when you get into the station at Hogsmeade, um, there's the Hogwarts Express. I mean, it's it looks just like it does in the film. Um, and you... I actually, I have to say this as a little note, I think the experience at the London station is a little bit more thorough. Um, and we can talk about that once we get there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you basically get into exactly what looks like the Hogwarts Express from the movie. You go into a little compartment like you do in the movie as well. And I guess in most European trains, that is a typical like cubby experience. They shut the door and your whole your whole ride begins. And you're there are two things to kind of keep in mind when you're on the on this train. And it's a real train, you guys, like it's moving. This isn't a simulator in the sense of like your your train is moving you are leaving islands of adventure and going to universal studios um you're going to want to take a look out the window because there's going to be a little storyline going on out there on your journey and then also you notice that some characters from harry potter are you know roaming the halls and going through their own little stories and dramas on the trip back to london just so entertaining yeah, Ron orders a bunch of chocolate frogs, and man, oh man, he cannot keep a hold of them. And so you have Ron. to keep your door closed or else those frogs are going to get in. Just an FYI. Um, if you are scared of Dementors, I would not suggest riding the ride from diagonally to Hogsmeade Good Station. Thing. Just a forewarning. But I will say, too, like, I am not a very big Harry Potter like nerd I guess I'm a fan I like the movies but um I don't know much about it but I wrote it with a friend who is obsessed and she picked up on so many little like Harry Potter like callbacks and throw like little things that you would only notice if you were a huge fan so like on either journey when you're getting from London to uh Hogwarts I guess uh you pass by this really dark, scary castle. And I would have just thought it was a dark, scary castle, but it's actually Malfoy Manor. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it's kind of nuts, all the stuff that you see. And, and I don't even think I've seen it all, to be honest. There's just so much to, like, right. watch out for. And it's a different story, like, mini story out the window, based upon whether you're traveling to Hogwarts or traveling home from Hogwarts, which is also really a cool detail. And what's mm-hmm. actually going on again on the outside of this train is it it's a train and <laughs> it travels along like a monorail line elevated above the backstage areas of universal or 
Orlando and you're you're traveling truly um, from one back of a park to the other back of a park. And so it's really interesting. I think we mentioned this in a previous episode. Just it's got to be just a little cool, though, whether or not you're mooning or flipping anyone off as a team member, just seeing the train go back and forth all day long, like on your breaks. It's got to be pretty cool. I imagine that's kind of a fun little note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does anyone remember how long the journey takes? Like five minutes, maybe? It is four minutes and one second. And there are actually two different trains, and they both will leave the station at the same time. And there's a bypass, I think, so that they are always arriving. That's awesome. So here's the little bit of a spoiler, though. They don't turn around, right? No. There, There is always base kind base. of a... Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see my heart breaking. Wait, the train doesn't turn around? Are you kidding me? How so, is but that you guys help me out here. Which journey does it kind of look weird? Like at one point, it's backing into the station, <laughs> or backing that's, out. Of the that's that's really weird to me. I forgot which one it is though. It, I th- think it's the because I think King's Cross. You like when you walk in, if the train is there, I think the locomotive is facing. Out. Like out, yes, yeah. correct. So that's that's the one that's going to be weird and backs in. Yes, that's the one that's going. to But then like there's the other, in. like the other one that the train backs out backs if out. you're standing in the station watching. <laughs> but that that I think that's the thing in Hogsmeade is you don't have that much visibility into the train arriving. Oh, you or know maybe what? I never thought about that. Yeah. Whereas in London, I think you have a lot more. You can see it a lot better. So the storyline is like, yeah, sometimes when we adjust trains, they back back in, which is kind of true <laughs> in like big, large scale train stations. Sometimes they need to like switch tracks and stuff. You know, what's what was kind of a like a, we, a moment for me was because I'm I love I'm very fascinated with trains in general. Um, and so I remember one time I was out there on the station and I think we were waiting for the next train or something. Anyways, I was able to kind of like start to, you know, just snoop around a little bit looking down at the track looking at the different mechanics of things and when the train pulls in um the steam you know from the train kind of starts to billow and you know comes out of the well what looks like it comes out of the train but there's actually um there's uh special effects piece things that are like inside the track uh that are actually pushing out the steam instead of the train because you know Oh, sure, because it's, it's not it's, really steaming. It's not a real steam engine, right? Yeah. But it was so sad when I saw that because it was like it really took the uh, it took the steam out of the engine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And I'm out of here. Toot, toot. <laughs> but that was like one of those like magic killer moments for me where I was like, oh, no, it doesn't. But then you, when you stand back and you just watch it, the, the, obviously the magic still comes back. But Well, and know. not to be a total curmudgeon as well but i believe one whole side of the train like doesn't have wheels either the wheels are fake on the train i don't want to talk about it sorry i don't want to talk about it (laughs) creature said that (laughs) (laughs) it's a great ride though i would Mm -hmm. say um just to jump around a little bit the again the ride from london is cool because you the queue itself is really cool because you go through um like an underground station in London and it's just themed really well. 
and you actually get to walk through platform nine and three quarters on the at the so London train cool. station. And that's achieved you enter just what looks like a normal passageway, but for the people behind you, I think in line, mm-hmm. there's a visual effect where it looks like you're walking through a brick wall. And everyone does it so like well if they don't know better <laughs> or they don't know what's happening, they go through it just so like casually that it looks so real which i think is neat yeah i've seen like i've been in line where there's like the one friend that waits behind oh right yeah and takes the photo and then it's awkward because you're like wait i need to go but wait do i stop here do i keep going so it's a little bit of a weird moment in line do you make that person wait behind you then and get separated from their group (laughs) it's always stay back there i gotta keep up with my party now um, but I think it's really great. Any other kind of cool things about that line itself? Just really well themed. I would agree. Like it just uh, really immerses you, especially especially on the King Cro- King's Cross side. Yeah, for sure. There's a billboard, I believe, in part of the queue that was featured in the sixth Harry Potter movie when he's also in the underground. So it's really neat. So cool. But yes, the Hogwarts Express is what links the two parks together. Um, and is directly accessible from the London exterior. <laughs> Unless we get sidetracked, I think we should head into Diagon Alley and kind of poke around a little bit. Yes, let's please. do it. Wait, how do we how do we get in there though? I'm so confused because you know in the books there's like a whole little secret, right. like you have to go into the bar and then there's the little tappity do with your wand on the brick right. wall. Oh my god, do you remember that on the DVD extras, by the way? Wait, what? All right, I'm, I got okay. Yeah, when you so, clicked it, then the yeah. Okay, so on the DVD, to get into your bonus content of the DVD of Sorcerer's Stone, you had to, like, with your TV remote, learn and do, like, a a little tappity-tap-tap, too, on the bricks. But it was so hard, and you had to do it every single time. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. It was horrendous. I've never seen the deleted scenes for Sorcerer's Stone oh. <laughs> for that reason. It was horrible. I hated it. And I think they like learned quickly that like you shouldn't make people work that hard for bonus content. Right. But because of that, I'm glad you don't have to do anything super special to get into this diagonally. No, but they do have... So even though you're walking through a like, brick wall depending on where you're coming in, it has the noises like the brick wall is moving for you. Yeah, that's really neat. Like you've maybe missed it by like a second and you turn like the someone open. Someone did the tippity tap and you're just following them in. Like most complex gates, you're going in after them. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of have walk through the, the exterior, basically. There are a couple openings and you just walk on through. It's not, they don't announce it. They don't announce like this way to Diagon Alley. You just kind of have to know. No signage that says Harry Potter land this way. No. But then, yeah, once you're in there and it is, it's very impressive. They did an excellent job with the staging of the entire land where it's just, it kind of takes your breath away, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks so accurate to the film um more so than hogsmeade even because rarely in the movie i don't know if ever you see hogsmeade and then hogwarts in the distance you you always see long shots of hogwarts in the distance but there's not always like a little snow-covered town in the foreground um so this is this is the first kind of time we're really seeing what harry saw a lot so it's really yeah, it's such special. a it's such a 
cool reveal like when you walk through and it it feels like in the books what you felt when you read it and then what you saw in the movies when they walk through and it's just kind of like the how the camera does like the pan like mm-hmm. just the the pan up of the whole street and everything yeah. and then it, of course there's a weenie oh at the end God. of the street <laughs> i was gonna say like there are so many weenies actually there's weenies it, everywhere. It is just, it's like a weenie land. Weenie. <laughs> weenie. Oh my God, Wiener. Do you guys remember Wienerville on Nickelodeon? Yeah. Whoa. I completely forgot about what that. What was that guy's Holy name? Cow. Nick Wiener? Yes. He Wienerville. Was cool. Oh my God. Wienerville was awesome. Oh my God, Wienerville. That's right. It was like the little body. Yeah. With the big head. It was really. It was a really so good show. It was like kind of edgy, actually. Like I think if we probably watched this now, we would think it was funny still. That's so. I forgot. I completely forgot about that show. So this is not Wienerville. We not have Wienerville. entered Diagon Alley, but <laughs> this is Weenieville. There are. There is a big old theme park weenie at the end of that street. Gringotts with a big old dragon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Giant dragon. Gringotts is a bank in the Harry Potter world where all the wizards hold their money. Um, and there is a big old fire-breathing dragon sitting on top of it at the end of the street in front of you. Which is a kind of callback, or it's supposed to reference the seventh movie, seventh and, or seventh and eighth, eighth movie, seventh book in the Harry Potter series when there's a big old mm-hmm. bank heist at Gringotts. Um, the other interesting thing to note about this area is all the buildings are, not all of them, but a lot of the buildings are kind of crooked. They're built in a way that you kind of question the structural integrity um, yep. of them. They look like maybe they could fall or that they were built, you know, a thousand years ago by someone who was drunk or didn't know what they were doing. It's just <laughs> the whole, the whole like, um, the look of it is so cool it's just so 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 cool mm-hmm. um one of my favorite outdoor kind of views is the weasley's wizard wheezes joke shop oh with yeah the, with with the um this is straight from the movie there's like a figure of a man and he takes his hat off and on and underneath the hat is like a bunny i believe it's really cool how, every time i see it i just think like how do you do sir how do you do, sir? Tip exactly. of the morning to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good day, sir. Hello, governor. Um, but that's a cool store. It's a it's the joke shop, so it has like a bunch of the toys, and there's a lot of really neat effects. I feel like you actually, my advice always is just like look up and around at all times. But oh, especially everywhere. in this store, there's a, so many cool things going, like a, going on above your head. It's really neat, and and similar to Hogsmeade, these stores are also very tight. So crowded. I think they made a little, a couple improvements, I would say, but they're still pretty tight. <laughs> but that's okay. Yes. Um, I think one genius thing that they did in this area versus, well, any place in, in a theme park anywhere, they not only have, like, the main Gringotts with that alley, but they also kind of have it all enclosed. So there's, like, a cover. So it's, like, shaded all the time. And when you're walking through the streets and all the shops, like, you don't feel – you definitely feel enclosed and, like, you're in a special world. You don't feel like you're in the hot Florida sun and there's, like, fake snow caps everywhere. 
such a good such a good point yeah there are li- there are literally cover and coverings on most of the experience and if it's not you're all just also just in narrow pathways with taller buildings so there's just a ton of shade being cast at all times it's so smart as well. for florida it was so smart but then you're still outside you're still enjoying like the niceness of the weather but not the oppressive sun and heat which is mm-hmm. really great you can also get a little lost in there you know you can you can go straight you can go left you can kind of go around the around in a big loop there are a lot of places to exp- and you're meant i think to explore the area as well beware of One nocturne of, alley beware of nocturne alley yeah don't get don't get lost it um, gets a little scary down there. I do want to note that this this land did actually open in July of 2014. So just a little after four years after Hogsmeade originally opened. So, Wow. You know, four years isn't a short amount of time, but um, I, I still think it's an impressive amount of time to completely build an entirely new land um, with demolition and planning and then building it up. And it was done so well. So I think that's wonderful. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Pandora, the world of Avatar only took, okay, you know what? Let's just keep moving on. <laughs> when is that second movie coming out? Oh, yeah. When Let's just keep moving on. Let's keep moving on. <laughs> keep moving on. <laughs> um, do you guys have any favorite stores or any, any particular little like nooks and crannies that you find most interesting? I don't know the uh, name of it, sorry, but um, the dress shop or there's yeah. there's one that has some really beautiful dresses. It has like Hermione's dress from the Triwizard Ball or whatever. Yeah. And then there's one that has like a hologram on it, but it has a lot of really cool clothes, which I really like a lot. Well, and I think that's like Madame, Madame Malkin's robes probably. Yes, that's it. I will say in both Hogsmeade's and Diagon Alley, the like window displays in all these shops are like just something to look at just in themselves. They're so cool. I love, and I can never say the name of it right, so I'm going to butcher this, but Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Parlor. I think that was perfect. Thank you. I think I feel like it should be a little bit more French, but maybe I'm, I don't know. Um, But the only reason, I, so it has, you know, you've got your normal ice cream, but they have some cool flavors in there that you've never heard of in your life that you have to try. Interesting. Um, like, do the you one remember that, any? The, well, the one that I remember trying that I actually really enjoyed was the chocolate chili. What? So it's just chocolate ice cream, but it, it has a, some sort of element of chili to it. So it's like spicy chocolate ice cream oh my which gosh. is it, it, like you don't even know how to like it's, it was like a weird like my 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 brain didn't even know how to like predict what this was going to be like <laughs> and it was really good that i enjoyed awesome. it. it and i like it because like it's spicy but you're eating ice cream so it's like one of those weird things where you have to like keep eating it because it's spicy mm-hmm. but then because you keep eating it it's still spicy <laughs> um but they had some other cool flavors. They had like an Earl Grey mm-hmm. and lavender flavor, oh, which I didn't try. Amazing. I like their clotted and... cream. Ooh. Oh, it's just like a sweet cream. I know it tastes. It sounds terrible. But it's really <laughs> yeah. Good. That sounds like something I you don't want to happen to my the body. Clotted cream. Right. <laughs> I regret saying that instantly. It um, it sounds delicious though. But yeah, they, I definitely I, recommend. Stop in there. 
I think one of the most clever um, shops that they made was the Magical Menagerie Shop, which is supposed to be, be like a pet store for the students oh, at Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's just full of stuffed animals that it, of animals. And I just think that's so smart. <laughs> um, and I want to buy all of them. Like, who doesn't want to buy all of them? They're just the cutest little stuffed animals, but it's supposed to be a pet and it's set up to be a pet store and there are like cages with little like robot animals everywhere just so well themed and just as far as um gift shops go just so smart like who didn't like the big wall of plushes at the disney store growing up that was the best Mm -hmm. part of the store so making a whole store dedicated to like plush animals you can get your own crookshanks or your own uh what the hell was the name of that rat before he uh scabbers scabbers yeah um, what else? What other stores do they have? They have one that's like stationary or like school supplies, which I always thought was really clever because this is oh, the place yeah. where wizards go to buy their school supplies. But you can also, I remember, see you could buy Harry Potter books in there, which I always mm-hmm. thought was kind of cool. And then they have another wand shop. Yes. But this was their competitor. What was his name? Uh, shoot. Oh, um uh gregorovich yeah 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 yeah. yes but they do also have an olivander's wand experience because that is a good way to sell wands so yep. they had to do that at both <laughs> parks. and it's just cool right if you're only going to go to one of the parks you should have the experience to do it but yeah i think i like this wand shop better than the one in hogsmeade just the way it's set up and mm-hmm. the way they all look on the walls i think it's just um a little bit more different and i, I like it a lot Oh, and there also is a sports store as well. The quit, it's, I'm thinking, I guess it's mostly Quidditch stuff, but that's where you can buy all a lot of your Hogwarts kind of school flair, your uh, Gryffindor hats and your Ravenclaw scarves and jackets and sweaters and stuff like that. Support your house. Support your house. Um, Cheryl doesn't have a house. No, if you're a muggle, go buy some beer. It's great. <laughs> famous last words famous from... last words but here's the deal warning, warning <laughs> caution so i last time i went decided i would do a taste test you know let you guys know do the real hit hard hitting journalism pod. i did it pod, for the pod yeah. i wanted to find out what the beers were like and let me tell you cheryl you are all clear they are <laughs> <laughs> all delicious they have something called a wizard's brew there's a dragon scale there's the hogs mead i don't remember what but because that was the fourth one you had <laughs> right at that point they were just all beer i'm pretty sure they're all 20 ounce glasses or cups oh my god and when you have three in a row and you didn't eat a subsequent like meal they have something called like beef pasties which are great but that won't do if that's all you're drinking so you know drink with caution i highly Mm -hmm. recommend all of them the um wizard's brew is like a stout so it's a little bit too thick during the summer i would say Mm -hmm. but even if you're not a big ipa person the dragon scale is pretty darn good so if you're a muggle born like me just go to the bar Merry Christmas. Are they like fun colors or anything like that? No, I wish. They're pretty boring looking beers. But they have very <laughs> cool little beer um, taps. I took some pictures. We'll definitely post those on the Instagram. But, you know, it's, you know, maybe just one. One and a butter beer is all you really need. Well, <laughs> you know, if I didn't say it already, thank you so much for 
for doing that research, Cheryl. I mean, that's, it was a sacrifice that someone had to make, and, and I appreciate that you did. So I'm here <laughs> for you guys. Thank you for that. Um, well, speaking of which, where can you find food and drink options in, in Diagon Alley? So this is where they have the leaky cauldron. So instead of the three broomsticks mm. that they had over in Hogsmeade, they have the leaky cauldron. And it has very similar a very similar menu. So you may not have, like, ribs, but you have, like, a shepherd's pie sort of deal. Oh, so good. So del- Literally everything is so delicious. You've got your pumpkin juice as a side if you're interested. But there's, like, a there's a stew. There's a fisherman's pie. I don't know what a cottage pie is, but Merry Christmas. You can, <laughs> you can even have your bangers and mash and fish and chips. Oh, yum. Yeah. I sound very British. Um, yeah, but, that accent. Thank you. Phenomenal. If you're not looking for a big meal, like I said, you could go get some butterbeer. There's a bar. There's also the ice cream shop, but they actually have two different bars. So if you are um, going to enjoy the delights of the Wizarding World, you don't have the same weights that you would over in Hogsmeade. Mm. That's right. What are the two? Are they? There are two separate bars? Mm-hmm. I don't there's, think I knew this. There's the outdoor one to the right. Um, once you enter, it's past the... Um, okay. Yeah, I can picture that, I think. The Weasley shop. And then, honestly, right next to the ice cream shop is a bar where you can go in and get all kinds of fun things. Neat. Um, the Leaky Cauldron, I, I think I prefer that dining kind of experience to... Um, the Hogsmeade one because of just like the mood inside it's like a little bit lighter and taller I'm a big three um, broomsticks person you give me a plate of okay. ribs and I'm throw happy down. throw down <laughs> mic dropped I mean I, I you know what I honestly can't argue with that the food might be better at three broomsticks but I, I enjoy like the mood mm, the setting of the leaky cauldron I yeah. can understand that because I'm probably ordering fish and chips of both, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Valid. So, I don't care about that. So, the one thing about... So, at Hogsmeade, right, we have our singing frogs. It's a lot of, like, school talent that is out in the courtyard performing. Right. But when you go over to Diagonally... Diagonally... So You're getting so close. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, You are. You are. But so when you go over there, it's a little bit more of your like local superstars. It's not, you know, your Mm -hmm. school performances. It's It's, not, it's no longer the amateurs. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) No, no shade. We are all fans. I mean, but the entertainment at Diagon Alley is amazing. Potentially Um, some of the, some of the best in the park. Yes. So you have, for sure, Celestina Warbeck. Oh, yes. She is amazing. She's so good. It's such a good show. Um, it's so entertaining. And the songs are... Ca- like, it's just... It's it's very, very good. And there's yeah. a following. I think people, like, come to the park often to see her. It's like a big band kind of a feel, right? Like a mm-hmm. Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy kind of a song a little bit dance number with like backup dancers and all of their outfits are fabulous yeah and then i think what is it tales from the beetle bard i don't know what that is yeah so it's um oh yeah 
Do you remember in this, like, in the last couple movies, they tell the story of the, like, three brothers who have the Deathly Hallows? Yes. Do you remember that? So it's, it's like, an interpretation of those stories, which is, like, it's, like, a fairy tale book for wizards, basically. It's, like, old legends. But they put them on. They're, like, uh, pu- puppets, right? Yeah. Am I thinking of that? It's yes. So uh-huh. It's a puppet neat. show. It actually reminded me a lot of, or the Jack Skellington puppet at the Mickey's Not So Scary this year reminded me a lot of that show. Like, it, hmm. they look very similar in general. So it just kind of was a callback for me. You know, what's sad is I haven't seen, I don't think I've sat and watched any of the shows in uh, Diagonelli. Diagonally. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying it inappropriately on my behalf. Yeah, I'm just going to start doing it that way. Thank I think you. it's more fun. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um, but uh, you, like as soon as you said big band, you know, type of music, I'm, I'm like, I'm in. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, I think it's just because I get in that area, and at the time it was still very new, so it was like get in, go to, go discover. But I didn't have time to like watch a show Mm -hmm. i was like i gotta go look at other things so i feel like i need to when i make a a trip there again i need to actually check out the entertainment i I mean it is it is a land meant to be visited often and that you will definitely see new things every time you go so let's talk about nocturne alley though real quick while we're still it's spooky and if we were talking about dark spaces last episode get ready grandma (laughs) get your flashlight out yeah, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're gonna it's, need it. It's almost impossible to see for the first thirty seconds. You like enter this area because it is as dark as it can possibly be. It's totally indoors. It's supposed to just be like a dark alley, but you're in like a big room. It's totally indoors. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the two ways that you can get there. Mm-hmm. At least the two that I can think of off the top of my head. One is like a it feels like you're walking down an alley of like are you like you're like questioning like should i be going down here yeah oh there's there's people coming out so i guess yeah. that means i can go in it, it they, they did such a great job of hiding it it was really cool the good news about diagon alley is that it or not diagon alley nocturne alley is that it <laughs> is totally air conditioned and so it feels amazing down there <laughs> right oh it's so <laughs> lovely in there so like if you're feeling the heat like head down there for a couple of minutes head down to the dark side for a little bit it'll cool you right off there's a shrunken head singers that sing lovely melodies to you yep is that the only kind of like interactive-y thing going down no that's where most of i feel like the interactive areas are um they have like a bunch of posters that you interact with there's also um one other thing it's like something that scales like the side of a building it's so fun it is so fun. There's one store down there, the Borgen and Burke's Dark Arts store. It's so good, and yeah. And it is. It's really good. It's um, just it's great. It's all like the dark arts um, type of merchandise, so you can get. Oh, it has the cool cabinet. The What's the name of the, the... cabinet? Yeah, it oh. does. I. You know and what? You... I think it might actually be the vanishing cabinet from the from the movies. Well, that poor, oh well, yeah, it has. I mean, it looks so good, and the poor little birdie, you can hear it. Oh yeah. Inside the bird that they tested the whole like. The uh, vanishing, yeah, the like yeah. teleporting almost, yeah. And if you just hold your ear up to the cabinet, you'll hear the little, 
the little like scratches of its feet and then you'll hear the little tweet tweet tweets oh, and then it'll sad. disappear Oh, it's I can re- hear them now. Tweet. Wait, oh, is that them? Tweet, tweet. Um, it is really cool. It's oh oh he's back. Oh he's gone. He died. Oh no. <laughs> oh he threw up and then he. Oh. <laughs> uh, shoot. That was weird. That's weird. I feel guilty about saying that. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Nocturne Alley is a great place to cool off and just say some cool, creepy stuff. Um, Let's talk about, speaking of interactive stuff, though, let's talk about the using your interactive wand in Diagon Alley. Oh, and can we we just straighten this out, too? Because I was confused about this for the longest time, that there are specific wands for those experiences. Like, you can't take your... Your wand, like I can't take my mm. serious black wand right. in there and start, you know, waving it around. It's got to be. Yeah, there are two the... different price points for wands. <laughs> One that does nothing, or only if you're magical. Okay, well, let's not say nothing. Yeah, it let's... does a lot for you emotionally. Um, <laughs> or you could buy a wand which costs more money um, that is synced up to. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and if you stand on little plaques on the ground and do the appropriate spells, you can actually um, make make some things happen in the land, and it's very very fun to um, witness. I've I've actually never done it myself. Have you Have you guys done any spells? No, but I've spent a lot of time watching other people do them. Me too. Or yeah, same here. Them. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's very fun, especially because some of the kids aren't very good at it. Uh, and actually, you know what? I take that back. Most of the adults are way worse at it. I think, right. if I'm not mistaken, right. um, theme park magic here, I think some of the effects are like the capture zone might be more uh, built for children. Probably. Which would make that would make sense, better. huh? The one I remember most distinctly is there's a... Um, kind of big drinking fountain that looks looks almost like a it could be like a wishing well it's not but it's it's a drinking fountain it's kind of this big like uh 360 thing kind of coming up in the middle of the square and you wave your wand at that and it actually like sprays water the person standing behind you and it's just funny just is funny it's funny every time i easily sat there for 20 minutes and watched that one happen there's an umbrella outside of the restrooms that when you wave your wand at it, it starts raining on top of. And that was that pretty, pretty cool. cool. I think, have we reached a point where we should head into the, like the big e-ticket ride, though, in Diagon Alley? Ooh. I mean, the reason anyone goes to Diagon Alley, though, is because that's where all the money is. Oh, okay. Whether you go to Gringotts Money Exchange, and this is something that I think is really cool. So over next to the stage, there is a shop. But in the shop, it kind of looks like a bank. So that's where you would exchange your money. For what? I'm not quite sure. You convert it into Gringotts Bank. Oh, Muggle Money, and you take it to Wizard Money. Oh, cool. Like a currency exchange. I get it. I wonder what the currency exchange is for magical money, and like, like oh, the gonna, like rates. I'm gonna look it up. There's got to be like a real time. Yeah, I'll, I'll look and see. If there's not, create that website right now. Well, I mean, but you can, as a muggle, get yourself 
if you give them $20, they give you goblin money. I'm not quite sure where I would use that goblin money outside. Um, but great way to take my American money because I would do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you put it on your shelf at home. Yeah. It's, it's but, your souvenir. And so after you've exchanged your money, like let's say that you want to stow it in a bank. We've got a bank for you. Gringotts. Gringotts. You remember Gringotts with the big old dragon on it? That's where we're headed. Yeah, that blows fire every 10 minutes. You're welcome. Is it? I was going to ask, how often does it it do fire? 10 minutes. It's about every 10 minutes. So, But you can hear it coming. Like, as the the time in between um, builds up, you can totally tell when it's about to happen. Um, It starts, like, kind of, like, growling almost. Um, And everyone, a big group of people will have gathered looking at it. Yeah. Pointing their cameras at it. <laughs> if you are going to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, that is one of your most Instagrammable moments. You must oh, sure. get a boomerang of that dragon <laughs> breathing fire. If you did, you if you don't get that, you didn't go. I'm 100% sure of it. That is true. I, I have one of those, I think. So with all other Universal rides, you are required to leave your bags... In a locker. Room. In a locker. Oh. Locker. That takes me out of the story. Come on. <laughs> they don't want you to bring anything into the bank that could be unsafe. There we go. That's better. You're That's welcome. true. Uh, real quick before we go into the locker area, <laughs> uh, I did find there is a currency exchange uh, website for the currency in the Wizarding World. There's, there's three different forms of currency that I was not aware of in the world of Harry Potter. Gold galleons, silver sickles, and bronze nuts. So basically, like, there's a lot of ways you can convert this. But if just for our, you know, for our everyday listener, if you have one gold galleon, that is worth $6.40 in the U.S. dollar. Oh. If you want, if you want to do it the other way around, $1 equals two silver sickles and 20 bronze nuts. Okay. That feels just like a lot of extra change. That's way too much, yeah. It's too much. There's too many things here. I I feel like I I hate change anyways. Right. Like I don't know why we still have it. Get rid of it. But anyways, moving on. So, now that we've stowed our belongings, um you actually enter into and we're assuming there's a 20-minute wait and just want to make that perfectly clear. Um you enter into the lobby of the Gringotts Bank and it is stunning. It's Gorgeous. absolutely stunning. And it's massive. They, it's ma- they, they hit it just out of the park with this one. It, it truly looks like a scene from mm-hmm. the movie. There's this gigantic chandelier hanging above you it's light and bright and airy it's it's beautiful and and all around you at like um desks that are a little bit higher are these goblins who are working at the bank and they have these little three-piece suits on it's fantastic <laughs> they're so elegant and they're all and they're all doing their work which they is are. crazy there's so many of them and they're all at work <laughs> they're all just at work kind of ignoring you which is awesome and it's fantastic if you can and you probably will spend some time in there part of the queue but if you're being kind of rushed through there like take your time and get kind of up close and personal they're very very cool um right before you leave the room though you are addressed by one of the goblins who inquire like asks you what you're doing or if you'd like to open a bank account and that is 
the premise or the storyline of what we're doing. We're here to open a bank, um, like an account with the bank, which is great. So he instructs us to keep moving and to get a, like a, a security photo or like an identification photo um, in the next room. So that's what we do. Which, wink, wink, it's a souvenir photo. It's real cute. <laughs> you don't have to buy it, though. Does anyone know what the running rate for a fo- souvenir photo at Universal is these days? Oh, $25? Probably. Probably. Right? <laughs> More recently, when I go through, I don't even, like, I just go, I, I don't oh, want yeah. a photo, and I Bypass. just skip it. <laughs> yeah. Same. But, but it is, you know, I, I give Universal a lot of credit for anticipating long waits, and it is a way to wait in a line and take up some time, kind of. Yes. I think it's smart. Um, the next show scene here is you actually enter a big old elevator with a ton of other people, and you take an elevator down to your vaults. And it's really neat. This is a really neat part of the experience. Um, spoiler, the elevator doesn't go anywhere. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not like Disneyland Haunted Mansion where there's like a functional reason you're in an elevator. It's just kind of part of the show. I'm trying to make us feel um, like this is a bigger bank than it could be. Well, and honestly, it is It is effective. I mean, the room itself does like shake and move and you can see if you like look up, you, it, it looks like you're dropping, dropping, dropping very, very quickly. Um, in the next scene, the next room you see when you leave is... Like, it looks like you're in a cave. So it, it does a good job tr- transporting you around, I actually think. Another... It reminds me of, um, do you remember the old hydrolators um, at the Living Seas? Oh, my God. Yeah, so the Living Wait, Seas had. Of. <clears throat> so when you went into the, this is at Epcot, when you went into the Living Seas, you would take the, um, uh, I don't remember what they were called, but basically you would take the, the we'll call it the ride vehicle to, like, you, you were underwater. Like, there was a whole journey that would get you into this underwater facility that was the Living Seas. But to get back to the land, you know, you can't just walk out through the gift shop and be back on land. You had to take hydrolators back up oh to God. the land. So, so cool. at the exit of the gift shop, before you would leave the building, there was these, I think it was like three or four, maybe more than that, you would basically walk into the elevator. It would shake and rumble for a couple minutes, and then you would step out and you'd be outside. <laughs> and that's all it was. It was just the same kind of deal where it was a room that just kind of shook a little bit, gave you that feeling. Now, well, the funny part is, as before they converted the building over to the whole uh, Finding Nemo theme, um, the people they, they actually propped open the door. <laughs> Because there's a door that you could just walk through to go outside instead of going through the hydrolator. And so at some point, show became kind of back seat and they left the doors open and you could just walk in and out of there. Uh-huh. So it kind of removed that show element. But that's exactly what it reminded me of when I when I rode uh, I don't the that. elevators at Gringotts for the first time. That's so cool. I have like a vague memory of that. I only remember it because I thought it was because it was so hokey that it just stuck out in my head of like if I was a kid because I was oh right well, I was you what, were like older. sixteen yeah. yeah I was like sixteen so to me it was like oh this is not, this is funny yeah, yeah. It's stupid whereas if I was a kid it would have been like oh my gosh yeah like I just came oh, out of the water in a hydrolator yeah hydrolator great word also awesome word yeah um 
Yeah, very similar to that. I think I was struck, and maybe my memory is not serving me well, but I remember being struck by the very first time writing this, how large the elevator is. I feel like you're in there with a ton of people. Oh, it's gigantic. It's like a huge freight elevator. Yes, exactly. It's like the ones you see at Ikea, if you've ever been yes. in one of those before. <laughs> <laughs> and also in Ikea, you go down to a cave to get all of your stuff. Right. <laughs> you go to the cave to get your items that you want to get. Oh, right. There's the whole... There's like that whole show... Wait, is this before the elevator or after the elevator? Oh, shoot. Did I go out of order? I forgot about the pre-show. So Bill's in the office. So it's Bill's office. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the goblin came to visit him. And then we have that similar like show to what we talked about last time with... Um, oh, like the hologram. Type. Yeah, like holograms yeah. moving around the objects and stuff. Yeah, so Bill's joining us for our tour through Gringotts, and then the goblin goes into more explanation about just down the way, you're going to hop into a lift that's going to take you down to where the vaults are. Right, lifts. I I forgot we were in London. Yeah, lifts to the heart of the bank, down to where the vaults are, and then basically once you're down there, you know, you go through some hallways, but you're you're at the load area. Oh, okay. Perfect. Where you pick up your glasses. I always forget that this ride is like a considered a 3D ride. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about the ride real quick. So it is uh, Universal won't go as far as calling it a roller coaster. How would we describe this experience? It's a like roller a coaster. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> so Universal won't go as far as calling it a roller coaster, but we will. It's a roller coaster. I think it's very similar to The Mummy, where it's got coaster moments with show elements attached. More screens, I would yes. say. Um, because you are looking at the screens, you are looking at a lot of characters from the from the movies. So there's that element. Live sets. The vehicle itself um, is also interesting because I feel like it's... Um, kind of like groups of 12 maybe like three rows of four or four rows of three probably three rows of four that just makes yeah, it's no four sense. four across in three rows but are you also connected to another one yes of those there's pods two behind so you, you have okay, yeah. yeah 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 you can have 24 total in the train so there are a couple roller coaster elements but there's you're also spinning around like they're interesting it's kind of a mashup of every single ride type it's like roller coaster Mm -hmm. dark ride simulator 3d if there was a kooka arm i feel like it would or (laughs) at one point we were on a slow moving boat ride that would knock all the everything on the checklist but as far as like advancements in technology over four years i think the ride itself might be in my opinion is superior to forbidden journey over in hogsmeade as far as like, it doesn't make me as dizzy, and I think that's a big that's a Agreed. big win in my theme park book. Yeah, it, it's such an interesting like. It's funny when you read about it because it'll say you know steel steel roller coaster track launched. The manufacturer is Intamin, which is if you're a roller coaster enthusiast, that's mm-hmm. a very well known company for roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is it's different. It, it's if you're describing it to somebody who's like, I don't know if I should ride this or not. It's not like a normal roller coaster. It's I would say similar to Mummy, like you said. Um, but there's not you're not doing like loop de loops or anything like crazy no. like that. It's just there's a fun story that has some fun moments that happen, you know, while you're riding. 
Well, and let's talk about the story really quickly. There is a little bit of some fun facts there. Um, so one of, basically the story is that you are, yeah, you're going on a tour of the bank um, and you stumble across Harry and his friends during the seventh book when they're breaking into Bellatrix's vault to steal one of the Deathly Hallows. That's, is that true? No, stealing a Horcrux. Um, the Horcrux, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then chaos ensues and you run into Bellatrix and you run into Voldemort and you run into these guards and there's all sorts of stuff that's happening around you because of what Harry and his friends are doing. So that the story itself was developed, the final stage that we experienced today was actually developed pretty close to when this experience opened, like um, uncomfortably close. Because prior to that, the years leading up to the opening, um, Universal Creative was working under a different storyline because they were working with a different set of rules. If you remember, J.K. Rowling was very, very specific about how she wanted people to experience Harry Potter, that we needed to experience it in some in a way that didn't conflict with the storyline. And something very straightforward about that scene in the books and movies is that Voldemort was not there. Right. Wasn't there until afterwards. In fact, there's a whole scene of him showing up after it happens and going like friggin' nuts, like angry at yep. everyone. But, you know, Universal Creative, like, worked and worked and worked and they just couldn't make this story. We were we were initially as guests supposed to experience this just um we weren't even going to see Harry and his friends until like the very end of the ride as they were escaping on the dragon, which would have been a totally different ride. In in this case we see them a lot. <laughs> we kind of follow them a little bit throughout throughout the experience. So what Universal ended up doing is they went to JK Rowling with a adjusted storyline and said like if this was a quote somewhere actually from someone at Universal that they're like, hey, maybe some some pages of some chapters fell out of the book, like wink, wink. <laughs> and after some, I guess J.K. Rowling was a fan of the the updated story and um, kind of gave it the green light. So that's the story we have today is where we run straight into Bellatrix and Voldemort and they think that maybe we broke into <gasps> their vault. I like that. Which I didn't. I did not. I would have. Well, it's not me. I just love how star-studded, jam-packed this ride is. If you have a favorite character, you've got it. They're all there. Well, do you want me to blow your mind, though? Okay, cool. So, correct. (laughs) Like, um, uh, the actor who played Voldemort came back, which is, that's huge. The actress who played Bellatrix came back. Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Is it um, Ray, F- Ray Joseph Fiennes? Yeah. Ray Fiennes. And so these are Ray like Fiennes. big, big names. And this is pretty impressive. Um, but they could not get the actors who played Hermione and Harry to come back. They refused. <gasps> Jerks. Just kidding. We love you. We do love them. And it's kind of, it was a little bit, like I... I had a kind of a split reaction to that. At first, I was like, what? Like, come on. Like, Ray Fiennes is doing this for right. us. Because, <laughs> like, you're not, you're not that cool. Um, but I think Daniel Radcliffe put a statement out on it. And God love him. Like, yeah, he was, he played Harry Potter from when he was a little kid to, like, a young adult. And he just, at a certain point, you have to just say, no matter what, I'm not doing this yeah. again. And he had already said that basically, and I think Emma Watson had had done something similar, and you just can't be pulled back into it every time 
something happens. Um, Rupert Grint, who played Ron, did come back and shoot new scenes, which is why he probably has more lines. What they ended up doing, though, is um, they did have full rights to use images and voices, though, so they just used outtakes from the Deathly Hallows film to piece together the scenes where we see Harry and Hermione. I love it. Mm-hmm. So a little kind of interesting. And seamless though right like if we didn't know that fact you would never notice that in this in this no i wouldn't know job well done i so i have this is just a random fun fact that i just learned because i was looking at the cast of the ride because i was trying to see if there's any fun people that i'd never heard of before or whatever i just and people probably already know this but um the guy who played bill weasley so he played bill weasley in the movies as well his name is i'm going to butcher it but it's dom domnall gleason and if you recognize the last name gleason that's because he is the um son of brendan gleason who played mad eye oh, moody what that's yeah cool. so that's his son which is crazy i never knew that oh, until man, this that's moment crazy. <laughs> what a like fun little family affair right that's really cool Wait, as an actor, Ashby, do you... Oh, yes, let me put on my actor hat. Yeah, put your actor... Is it on? Uh, Yes, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, First of all, I'm a big fan of your work. And second, my first question is, um, do you have any special talents for, like, dialects and accents? Like, can you do what you feel is a confident British accent? Well, I'd like to think I could do... (laughs) Was that Bert from Mary Poppins? (laughs) well i like to think i could do a british accent um so i can only do accents from like me just mimicking um but but it's funny that you brought that up i actually was studying some videos of english uh accents because i had to do uh, like a scene for i think it was a class or something and they wanted us to do it in a british accent so there was like these like it was actually really neat if you're interested in dialects um there's a ton of videos online and it's cool how like they kind of break it down very easily for you of like, um, you know, there's certain letters that are said a little bit differently in the English language versus the, the way that we say things here in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also at the same time, like I was looking up a Boston accent the other day for another part that I was auditioning for. And again, it's like, there's these like three little tidbits they gave me of like, Oh, when you see these letters, you say it kind of like this way. Um, yeah, it's a. It's Wait, a, it's like a whole... what for a Boston accent? Cause I so Boston, there was three. There was three. Oh right, yeah, Molly, have you? <laughs> Do picked I these have up one? <laughs> uh, so there was three things that they said. One was the like whenever you have an a r, like an r sound, it's ah. So like par- like parks, you know, is pox, mm-hmm. you know, in Boston or New England area, whatever you want to call it. And then the other one was o's sound like aws. Yeah, that's so accurate. And then the last one was the, like, anything with a U just thickens. So, like, when you say suit, it's more like suit, you know? Like, yeah. it's almost like it's like a mob guy saying it. Yeah. So, all of our listeners out there, try to guess where we're all from based upon our accents. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right? Florida. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Florida. I've been, um, I've been, someone has told me recently that Cheryl and I say, Thank you. Thank you. The same way. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's been years of... And I had never noticed it before. Appreciating our friendship. Yeah, like, pretty much every time we're together, I say, Cheryl, I, let me tell you 
all the ways i appreciate thank you. you thank you for thank you this. thank you for this and thank you That's for so this funny. indeed i um i grew up in around southern accent a little bit more which i don't i don't think i have i mean you could probably argue with me and say like no you definitely do you definitely don't <laughs> okay <laughs> but when i go back home and my my wife kind of pointed this out to me the last one of the last visits we went back there it like especially around certain family members it just gets nasty nuts. yeah oh yeah it's like the draw comes in and and it's it's not even me it's not it's just it's just like subconsciously it happens and i don't even realize it's happening until somebody points it out to me it's really weird do the team members who work at Diagon Alley, they don't, like, they oh, Universal question. doesn't make their team members speak in accents, right? Because that would be horrendous, I feel like. No, they don't. That's good. Yeah, Escape from Gringotts, great ride. It really is a wonderful, wonderful ride. It lasts also, I think, just about four minutes long, which I think is kind of long for a ride. I feel like it's a long ride, yeah, when you're riding it. Which is, um... Satisfying. Yeah, it's one. It, it's one of those where you like when you're through it, like when you're going through it, you're like, oh, I don't want this to end, and then it doesn't, and you're like, yes. <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite part of the ride? Uh, the dragon pole. Yeah. It's very similar That's to really the mummy. Cool. I like the very first like second because you're just oh. like on a roller coaster for two <laughs> seconds, and I think that's really fun. <laughs> Because, I mean, as we've discussed before, sometimes Universal rides just start. There's, right. like, not a lot of lead up. Um, and this is kind of nice because what you're what they're saying is, we're going on a ride to your vault. And so that's what you do immediately, which is great. And then you run yeah. into trouble. All right, Diagonally, what are we missing specifically about this area that we haven't discussed? It's really cool oh, at night. Yeah. The dragon looks even even cooler. Yeah, the, the, street, the street, like the London street is beautiful at night diagon alley is just i mean excuse me diagon alley is really beautiful diagon alley <laughs> that accent so good. can you try to say it in a boston oh, accent God. please there's too many rules i don't know uh, diagon alley the car diagon alley diagon alley but yeah it, at night it's just a whole different uh environment it's really cool and I would say, like, there's there's so many things that we haven't even mentioned about the area, but there is such a cool element of discovery, like you've mentioned earlier. Uh, I mean, I, there was one day that I was walking around, I, you know, I'd already experienced all the, the fun rides and the shops, and I was just kind of wandering, and I noticed the Owlery, which it, maybe people do notice it, but I had never see, noticed it before. And then I just stopped and I looked up mm-hmm. and, like you say, look up, and there's just this tall tower with all these alcoves for the owls and there's bird poop all over the side of it, you know, from – it's just a – there's so many of those cool things where you just kind of take a second to notice if you if you take your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is worth noting, though, that there are some nighttime events that happen in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. So – but I believe officially they both – they, they happen in Hogsmeade because they're, um, the Hogwarts castle is a big part of that experience. Am I right? Yes. Or do they do something special in Diagonale? No, I think it is primarily so. just on Hogwarts castle. Okay. So Choo-choo. hop back on the Hogwarts Express. Choo-choo. Welcome aboard the Hogwarts Express. Hogwarts Express. You are all clear. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess we could take the night bus as well or whatever. Whatever is the Hey, man, welcome to the night bus. <laughs> okay. For someone who isn't good at accents, you're doing very well. <laughs> that one Thank you. I'm favorite. practicing. I'm just going to use wow. this podcast to practice all my accents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, next to Cheryl and I, you look so professional oh, constantly. <laughs> so. You're doing it. So just thank us at the Oscars. That's all I'm saying. Um... So, yes, what are the nighttime events at Hogsmeade? Um, well, there are several, based on the season, there are going to be different types of projection shows up on Hogwarts Castle. And let me tell you, they are very cool. I've only seen the Christmas one, and that was the one here in Universal Hollywood. But it was amazing. I kind of saw the one over the summer. What was it? Like a, a Dementors. It was more of a dark. Maybe it was the dark the summer. Arts yeah, one. the dark arts. Yeah. So mm. my friend and I didn't do it correctly, though, because we heard that the Dementors come out. So we were really excited about that. So we went over by the three broomsticks to see them come out. Mm. Uh, it was a bit uneventful. But by that point, we weren't allowed back into the area to see the castle. So, oh no, hot like they tip. block it off. Well, I guess because they also have to keep pathways open and like people take up space, they could only fit so much. So, interesting hot tip, y'all don't worry about the dementors, get in line to see the castle. So, I would have had the same reaction as you, though. I think the dementors, yeah, that was something new this summer. Um, in Hogsmeade in Orlando, they brought the dementors out to like kind of just terrorize everyone i feel like <laughs> like it was like halloween horror nights in hogs yes. it was weird it's like a scare zone almost um i was but super jazzed about that was it it was a bit of a letdown i mean not a let i think that they were supposed to compliment the show not be the show oh i see okay interesting but yes the wizarding the dark arts show the one that was premiered this summer in orlando but then had been going on for a little while in hollywood i believe um, utilized, or the Hollywood one did for sure, utilize some very impressive drone work. Yes. Um, that I've never seen in person, but the videos I've seen, I like cussed and screamed and threw my computer and I was like, what am I looking at? That is so cool. Just unbelievably <sighs> impressive. I would love to see it in real life. Like, it's like a deer. It's a Patronus. But it's, it looks, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a the giant deer. A Patronus is like your spirit animal, for those who don't Harry Potter. And it's, it's so, it's so amazing. But yes, the Christmas show is a lot more, I mean, it's, there's no drone stuff like that. Um, but it's just projections of very Christmassy things onto the castle and music and snow and all sorts of fun things. Happy. Christmas is always an important time in Harry Potter. It sure like is. Something oh, yeah. fun always happens at Christmas, so it makes sense that they would lean into that pretty hard. And a happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas to you. And a happy Christmas to you. <laughs> 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 it's, it is getting better. It is. I do want to say that. I think because we're, I just expect 
so little of it that it's getting so much better. <laughs> it started poorly. Yeah, see, so. I start off with low expectations uh, and then just go from there. That is the way to do it. Cheryl, you had some fun facts about the annual Harry Potter celebration yeah. that takes place at Hogsmeade in um, Oh, that's right. I Orlando that. every year. Yeah, every, I mean, so often we, in, in Orlando, we always have to have some form of like theme park convention or gathering. So whether it's um, the old Star Wars weekends or Super Soap weekends um, or ESPN the weekend. Wow, we really do love a good weekend. IAPA. IAPA, you know. Um, Night of Joy. Who knows? But Wait. <laughs> weekend. Night it's of Joy weekend. weekend. Yeah. So oh, there's always kind of a, um, a Harry Potter celebration that will take place in the parks. It's usually about a weekend long event and there will be the, at least the first one had almost everybody as far as Harry Potter um, was, but they definitely have a lot. I remember the only story I've never been because it's always super crazy that time and I'm not yeah. the biggest Harry Potter fan, but the one story that I have from it that, you know, is just giving, I guess, Orlando folks hope was uh, the guy who played Neville Longbottom. What was his name? We looked it up. Matthew something? Matthew Lewis, who had a major... I think he invented the term glow up. Oh, he... Like, he was, like, a pudgy, nerdy kid in Harry Potter and then was, like, a super hottie. Yeah, he's the definite. He is the definition. They just show his side by side and people are like, oh, yes, I get it now. Yeah. So, um, the first Harry Potter weekend, there was a Universal team member... Um, who was working it and her job was supposed supposedly something with like VIPs and making sure that they're like enjoying their time in the park. And a uh, little love story. They fell in love and got married. Oh, it, that is just like a fairy tale on so many levels. First of all, having like a VIP tour guide job at a theme park is just, Oh yeah. The dream. Dream number one. Of all dreams. I mean, I talk about costumes a lot, but that little plaid number at Disney, I mean, just the cutest. I don't know what Universal wears, but it's probably cooler. Yeah. Cooler than that. Um, but imagine having, like, the best job at a theme park and then meet, getting to meet movie stars. And then one of those movie stars being, like, who's also, like, the glow-up star of Harry Potter saying, like, yo. Hey. Let me get your number. I, think I don't know how it went down. Too. I wasn't there. Um, yeah. How do you think that interaction went? It was definitely – he probably talked to her about it, right? Well, I'm sure – because she probably has – was like uh, the, so professional and they're probably like yeah, restrictions that. right you can only ask right. how their day is not for their number right like she was just being like the world's best team member and he was like no seriously i don't i don't do this very often she was like oh i bet you say that to everybody and he was like no i don't and oh it's like i'm really there um, that celebration may no longer be happening, but for a good like two, three years, as soon as the second park opened, it was kind of a yearly thing. It was pretty exciting to see. I was bummed that I never went to any of those. Like, I'm such a Harry Potter fan, but like the the idea of the crowds just always overtakes my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I'm good. I'll just it's, watch a video of it later. Totally. Especially of these sort of special event things. I mean, all you it's just so many lines, lines, yeah. lines, lines. But I bet it's cool. Have any, have either of you been to like D23? No. I have not. Would you go? Like, do you have any interest in going? Sure. I don't know now. I I, re, I actually regret not going when they first started D23. Because right. back then, and, and I was still working for Disney, you, like, I, they, they were letting you go for free. 
yeah. when it first started up. And I regret so much not doing it because now, obviously, it's blown up into this gigantic event right. that you have to pay for. And again, the crowds, like back then, I probably would have been fine with it. Been like, oh, this is great. Nobody's here versus now where it's like, oh, God, I don't want to maneuver through these crowds of people. I know. I'm like a little mixed on it. I think about the crowds and I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, but I feel like so many interesting things get announced that would be really cool to be there for. Also, just I get so, so interested when people post pictures of the sort of stuff they have on display, like ride vehicles and costumes and concept art and all sorts of like memorabilia. I just think I would think that was so cool. I think that like it's the same as why I love Black Friday. You have when you get your mind in the mode of it, you're like, great, there's going to be people. I'm fine with it. Right. So, like, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to food and wine and it winds up being a Saturday and it's a boys to men weekend and you hate everybody, that's when, like, right, crowds right. are not okay for me. Yeah. I mean, I have to I have to battle through it a lot. Like, I, I, I do go to conventions, uh, different, different ones for different, usually sci-fi or uh, gaming or comic related. But, yeah, you're, it's, it's the same thing of, like, I have to prep myself mentally. Like, okay, I know I'm going to this crazy event. I know there's going to be crowds. I know there's going to be lines. And then I'm okay with it when I get there, you know. Um, yeah. But there is an element of just being in an environment where everybody that's there, you're all there for the same reason. You all love the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best part about going to a, any type of convention, D23, Harry Potter uh, weekend, like whatever. Like it's such a cool moment to be surrounded by people who love the same thing. Yeah. And then when they do those announcements, man, you couldn't ask for a bigger reaction when things like that happen. All right, guys, what are we, what are we missing about Harry Potter? I mean, obviously we said this earlier, we're missing a lot, I'm sure, but this is a area that you're meant to um, explore and find some things on your own. So yeah, I think we've, We've go explore. Go explore and check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting lots of fun stuff all week long. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've regressed. It's, it's bad yeah, again. It's getting I'm back. I'm back to the, yeah. That, but, but that's because they don't say for sure. Like, I don't, I feel like you'd never heard a British person say for sure. What would, oh, what show. would a British person say? What would cheerio. Say? Cheerio. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, probably that. Probably well, something with good. three syllables. Oh, right. Oh, right. Right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Righto. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. right. Mm, good, good, sir. Righty-o. Oh, and with that, we are Ta-ta. getting out of here. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Cheerio, mate. Au revoir. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good day, governor. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>